Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. What an atmosphere. Hallelujah. Good evening, church. God is so good. Hallelujah. I will pray right quick. Lord, I just thank you for this atmosphere. I thank you for this ministry, God. God, I pray that you just let the expositor get out the way tonight. Hallelujah. Let your word be glorified and find good ground. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you, God. If I had a thousand tongues, I couldn't praise you enough, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, just thank you, God. God, I just thank you. I thank you for every soul on this line tonight. And those who might not have been able to get on tonight, God, I just thank you for all their lives, God. God, I've been hearing this word in my spirit for weeks, rapid elevation, hallelujah. And God, I receive, and I know that's not just for me, glory to God, hallelujah. And the question is, is anything too hard for the Lord? No, it's not, God. I just thank you, Lord, for everything that you do. I thank you, Lord, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Giving honor to the leadership on the line. God bless you and keep you. And I just want to say that I just feel so blessed tonight. Hallelujah. To be able to sit here and come before you tonight. And I'll be transparent. I hope you guys will let me be a little transparent tonight. I usually don't talk too much about me. And I won't talk too much about me tonight. But I will be a little transparent. Praise God. And I want you to know that God dealt with me about some things. Hallelujah. And I'm going to share some of that with you tonight. As we talk about fear. And overcoming fear. Praise God. He he dealt with me. He broke some things off me. And I am not ashamed to tell you because I'm telling you right now, when God does a work, that's something that should be shared so somebody else could be blessed. Amen. So I'm telling you, God broke me off of, broke fear off of me. And I hope that this word tonight will bless you. Amen. There is so much going on in our world. Hallelujah. So much going on in our world right now. Millions of people are unemployed. Can't go to work because of COVID. People are fearful of all types of political situations and circumstances. Scared, wonder who's the next president going to be. And I'm here to tell you that they have all types of phobias and anxiety. And again, going through this pandemic. And uh, I'm here to tell you. That's my crazy phone. Ain't nothing but the devil. Just acting up as soon as I say phobia. Then my phone decides just wants to. Wants to start speaking, I apologize for that. And so, you know, people are capitalizing on other folks' fears right now. You know, you, you see all the price gouging. I went to a Chinese restaurant last week. I'm there to buy my food, and I see hand sanitizer, a little old bottle for $7. Something you could buy from Dollar Tree for a dollar. And they're just taking advantage of people. And, and it's just going on and on, and it doesn't stop there. It, it, it's just unbelievable. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about fear and overcoming it. We're going to define it. We're going to look at an example from the Word of God on how someone handled that fear. And I hope you have your Bibles tonight. If you don't, I understand. And um, we're going to get into this. And when I started looking at this, 
I googled because I know there are so many Christian books on fear. I googled, well, how many books are there that's registered right now? And the number 607 million results came up. 607 million results on fear. Now, you tell me it's fear issue or not. It's, a, it's an issue. I mean, it could cause you to lose your focus on things that are really important. Uh, it could be devastating to your life. That's why, you know, you can't feed the fear. You got to feed the faith. Amen. You got to feed the faith. You can't feed the fear because the fear will grow. And next thing you know, you got this stronghold that you got to tear down. Every day you turn on television or you go to social media. It's one more thing dealing with fear. It's like people come home, they turn on the tube. They get their latest fear, fear session because of what's going on around our world. I mean, people are affected by so many different types of fear. Just a few years ago, there was a study by ABC News. They were polling people, asking them, you know, what are you afraid of? What, what is the deal with you? And the number one answer was they have a social phobia. Now, what is a social phobia? To be fearful of being put in situations where other people are around. So you, you're kind of like fearful of people. And so when they asked a little deeper, well, what, what do you mean by that? And they were fearful to be around people because they didn't want people to judge them. Judge the way they look, judge the way they dress, judge the way they speak, maybe. And how many times have we heard people say, well, I don't go to church. Why? Because people are going to judge me. I don't, I don't go to church because I look a certain way or I, 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 I think a certain way. They won't come to church. I've met them out on the street. I love the Lord, but I won't come to church. Why not? Well, because I have this church hurt and I've been judged. And so people have all these phobias. And remember, this social phobia was number one. It came before fear of death, before fear of flying, before claustrophobia, arachnophobia. And that's something that we as a church, we have to deal with that. And that also should tell us that the mission field is ripe. When you have these people saying that they have these social phobia, the mission field is ripe. So we have to get on our job. We got to do something. We have to talk to these people. We have to bring them in. We got to bring them in. Because if you're telling me that you love the Lord, but yet you won't come to church or you're fearful of, of pastor because you heard this pastor or that pastor did this or that. And so now you don't want to come. We got a lot of work to do, church. <laughs> we got a lot of work to do. And we, we got to do it because that's part of the Great Commission. Bring them in. They're not all going to come to you. Everybody's not going to knock on your door and be like, hey, can I come in your church because I need deliverance? No, we got to go get some of these people. We got to go get them. Praise God. So fear. So I'm going to define this and then we're going to get into our example. So what is fear? According to Miriam Webster is to be afraid of something or someone to expect or worry about it, something bad or unpleasant, to be afraid and worried. Now, there's another definition of fear that has to do with reverential reverence for God, which is the Hebrew word yarah. Uh, just basically means to be fearful of God or God-fearing, to have reverence for Him. It can also mean fear or terror. Matter of fact, back in the old ancient Greek days, they created this word called Phobos Phobos and they personified it they said well Phobos 
is the son of Ares and Aphrodite. Ares, of course, as we know from Greek literature, was known as the god of war. And so they basically gave him this son, Phobos, and as if that wasn't good enough, they said, well, Phobos needs to have a twin. So they created Demos, which means terror. Terror. So Phobos and Demos, meaning terror. So you can also use Phobos to explain reverence for God but generally speaking people just mean it usually means it's it's basically fear fear and so if you know this or not I don't know if you know this or not but the planet Mars has two moons that orbit it and somebody gentleman by last name of Hall had the wisdom if you will and I'm being sarcastic to name these two moons Phobos and Deimos um, why would you want to name those after fear? I have no idea. But bottom line, that's what happened. And of course, fear, it can be a stronghold. Especially when you don't take action. It can be paralyzing and crippling. And influence everything in your life. Because that's what you're feeding. That's what you're getting into your spirit. Fear all the time and you're not doing anything about it you can't do that it'll cause you you could lose your mind just worrying about things all the time my sister is a is a doctor she's a, uh, a mental health counselor and some of the stories that she has told me you just have to kneel and pray for people who suffer through different things that you know we take for granted on a daily basis so if you have fear that stops you from doing exactly what God called you to do, it just has to go. You got to deal with that. And I had to deal with that. And I thank God that I did. I mean, it will be a big hindrance to you in your life. I don't even know where that fear just came from on me um, because I've never been a fearful person ever. But all of a sudden, I just had this fear. And um, I had to deal with that, and I'll explain to you how I dealt with it. So when you deal with fear, you need to deal with it from a biblical perspective, of course. I'm not against counselors and laying on somebody's couch. I'm not against that. But what I'm telling you is a lot of these things you think are like mental issues, they come from the spiritual. They don't come from the natural, and people don't deal with that because they don't know how. you got to deal with things according to the spirit and the word of God. So when we look at, you know, one of the most popular scriptures, 2 Timothy 1, 7, where it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's good to define those words. Good to define those words in the Greek so you'll know what they mean. Of course, the Old Testament was written in the Hebrew and the New Testament written in the Greek. So when you look at it in the Greek, because it's a New Testament scripture, that word uh, 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 means delia. You know, for God's not given a spirit, it means to be timid or timidity. And if you study and you have your Strong's concordance, that would be Strong's G1167. I like to look it up in Strong's so that way I can take note and I can refer back to it. And so if you continue that conjugation, it'll lead you to Strong's number 1169, which is Delios meaning not just timid but faithless. You don't even have any faith. That's what it says in the Greek. 
you're totally faithless and you're fearful, which that's just totally not good. And so if you don't know what timid means, timid is basically meaning the showing a lack of courage or confidence. You're easily frightened. You're not just frightened. You're easily frightened. And so you lack that courage, that self-confidence, and you, you lack the boldness. So you have to get rid of that. And so that's God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so that term sound mind, I wanted to study that years ago. Like what is really being said right here? It's talking about sound mind. So when you look at it again in the Greek, that's sophronismos, meaning you have discipline, you have self-control. And it's related to sophronizo and sophronizo, meaning to make a sound, make a to make of a sound mind, to discipline or correct, to teach to be sober. If you continue the word, root word sozo to the primary root sos, it means to save, to deliver, or protect, or heal, or preserve well, to make whole. That's what Paul was saying to Timothy. You have a sound mind. Your mind is whole. You, you got to have self-control, discipline. Teach yourself to be sober. That's what he was saying to him in that passage. And so the, the base word of that is like friend or frail, meaning to fence or enclose. So no matter what's going on around the world, Timothy, Paul is saying, put a fence around your mind. Don't worry about all that stuff. Put a fence around your mind. Focus on your ministry, on what you're supposed to be doing, because you weren't given a timid mind. So it's like to curb, to block up, to stop. And so obviously the Lord is saying, be sober minded, have self-control, protect yourself, protect your mind, be well, make whole, put a fence around it. And so that's a very powerful scripture. That's something that, you know, is used a lot. And remember in the context in which he said this to him, he told him, you know, we I lay we lay hands on you and you were given some gifts you were given you were given a, a a position if you will and so don't be timid to do what you're called to do be sober minded go out there and do what you need to do so no matter what your fear is you can't run from it you can't avoid it you got to face it you have to face it and not just face it, you have to defeat it or you will never overcome it. You have to, you have to face it head on. And there's there's just so many stories in the Bible about the children of Israel, and they had to overcome fears or face annihilation. And so one of those scriptures tonight that we're going to look at, and we're going to look at it pretty much in good detail, is Second Chronicles chapter twenty, one of my favorite chapters. And so if you have your Bibles, it's Second Chronicles chapter twenty. Or if you have your smartphone or your tablet, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And it reads this. It says, amen, it said, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat. Now, just give you some geographical uh, data. Moab and Ammon, Moab was actually to the east of Judah. And you got Ammon, which was to the northeast of Judah. So Ammon and Moab sat next to each other as, as countries. And then you had Judah uh, south of that. And then right above Judah, you had Israel. And of course, in Judah 
was the capital of Jerusalem. So Jehoshaphat, one of my favorite kings to teach about, Jehoshaphat, uh, 35 years old when he took over the throne from his father Asa. This man did a lot. And what I really like about him is he did things that other kings did not do. What some kings did not do is that he followed after the Lord. Okay, in all things. But he did something else too. He was the first king to send out priests and Levites to instruct the people on the book of the law. He wanted people to know what God had to say. So he sent these priests and Levites out so that they could teach the people. And in doing that, he created a court system where people could go throughout the land to these different courts and be heard. And on top of that, he was really smart. He maintained a large army for uh, Judah and Jerusalem. He became so powerful that the people around him, the other nations around him, they were intimidated by him. Because they knew that Jehoshaphat would kill him. I mean, he made, he made mincemeat out of the Philistines. He was always attacking them because they were doing things they had no business doing to, to Judah. And so he was very smart in the way he handled himself and the way he did that. And not only did he do that, but often he would go out himself and deliver sermons based on the book of the law, the word of God. He would preach himself. A lot of kings can't say they did that. He did. And so verse 2, it says, Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on the side of Syria. And behold, they be in Hazotonamar, God, let me say that, which is in Gedi. Now watch this. Watch this. Verse 3, he said, it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now this is Jehoshaphat. This man created a vast army. No doubt he heard about King David from years before who served the same God he's serving, who killed a bear and a lion, destroyed armies, and now Jehoshaphat feared. Jehoshaphat feared. The man who had his enemies, many of his enemies, afraid of him. He even feared. But see, what did he do? He set himself to seek the Lord. When you're fearful, you have to do something. You have to take action. He set himself to seek the Lord and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. See, fear has to be met with action. You have to do something. You can't let fear knock on your door and just sit there. Because now you're going to get yourself in trouble. You, you may have to change your posture and humble yourself to break fear. That's what he did. He called a national fast. Now, some scholars say he's the first one in that particular position to call an entire national fast. We've had kings before call for a fast. We even had Esther, I mean, call for a fast. But the way that he did it, most scholars say he was the first one to do it the way he did it. And so it's like if you want a different result, you have to do something different. So this man set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast. But there's something else that you have to notice about this scripture. What didn't he do? It's something he didn't do. I'll show you what he didn't do. He didn't call up everybody and put them in his business when he, had, when he was facing trouble. 
he didn't go to call all the gossipers and say, I'm in trouble, fear is coming upon us, people are coming to kill us. No, he didn't do that. He, he kept it inside people with people who he knew, people who he trusted, and people who were going through the same thing as him because these armies were coming to kill everybody, not just him. He didn't call up other people and start spreading fear. No, he began to deal with it internally and talk to God himself. Okay, because sometimes, let's just be real, church folk can be really messy. You call one to tell them what's going on in your life, and the next thing you know, I mean, you call them, you might be calling even to get counseling, and next thing you know, they've told everybody that you did not want in your business. I've been through that. That's why I can speak on it. And, and that happens. But he didn't do that. He let the gospelers stay where they were. <laughs> so he said, no, we're going to proclaim a fast and we're going to seek the Lord. He didn't have his business spread. And so verse four, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah that came to seek the Lord. So they had unity on one accord, seeking the Lord with corporate prayer. So if you want something bad enough, it says right here, they came. It says they came to seek the Lord. If you want something bad enough, you're going to go where you need to go to obtain it. They came to seek the Lord. Verse 5, And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? He recognized, now this is a king talking. He recognized who was really in charge, and it wasn't him. <laughs> it wasn't him. He recognized God was in charge. So in essence, he is telling God, hey God, aren't you God? That's what he's basically saying. Well, wait a minute, you're in charge of everything, so only you can help us because they did not have the manpower or the might to defeat these three large armies that was coming. Verse 7, Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary, therefore, uh, a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If then evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment or pestilence or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence. For thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. So he's reminding God, God, now you know who we are. <laughs> you know who these people are, and you know what we did for you. We're in your house, so I'm reminding you, hey, you got to please help us. Verse 10, and now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not, Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Praise God. He said he didn't know what to do, but we're looking at you. We're not looking at anybody else. Our eyes are on you. Praise God. They had nowhere to turn but to God. They had no physical might.
to fight against these enemies. Not at this time. Just as we need God to overcome our fears and other things that come in our lives, he said we have nowhere else to turn. Our eyes are looking at you. Hallelujah. Verse 13, And Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the son of Asaph. So this is a priest, a Levite of the son of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. See, God heard the cry. He hears our cries as well. He speaks to our situations and in an instant can turn it around. He's done that for me multiple times where I've been between a rock and a hard place. But I knew how to get a hold of heaven, hallelujah, and get on the floor and just talk to God about my situation. And certainly he came through for me and he'll come through for you and everybody else who seeks him with an open and honest heart. Hallelujah. And he said in verse 15, hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid, praise God, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but god's hallelujah praise god so sometimes we fight these battles that we shouldn't even be fighting to begin with because we didn't give it to god we need to give those things to god and enjoy the peace of the lord we know to follow psalm 91 verse 4 where it says he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and buckler praise god now he said be not afraid the term fear not appears 365 times in the bible that's once for every day pretty much so you know god doesn't want us to be afraid fear not praise god and so after we've humbled ourselves and set ourselves to seek the lord we have to give it to him and just trust him to take care of it trust him to answer it praise god verse 16 tomorrow go ye down against them Go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. Now look at this. Verse 16. Tomorrow go ye down against them. God is sending them to do what? Face their fears. Go face that fear. I got you. That's what the Lord is saying. I got you. Don't worry about it. Verse 17. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand ye still. And see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Here it, here it goes again. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. You got to know the Lord's going to be with you. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Lord is also with us when we fear. We have to remember who we are and who we belong to. Fear can't stand against God. Not at all. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. They humbled themselves. Verse 19. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Praise God. They already knew they were going to be just fine. And they rose early in the morning early in the morning they they didn't wait they went early in the morning they had already received the word it wasn't a point and they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa and as they went forth Jehoshaphat 
stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Here's the king out in front, showing true leadership, setting the atmosphere, setting the, the mindset of his people. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. Praise God. Put the praises in front. And say, and to say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Praise God. When you praise God in the midst of your trouble, it will change your atmosphere. Glory to God. I'm a living witness to that. I've been going through a lot of things. Hallelujah. I've been going through a lot of things. I had gone through a lot of things, but when I began to praise, my whole atmosphere, my mindset began to change. Praise God. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. So they were struck. Praise God. Verse 23. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. See, people who oppose you and seek to destroy you, they'll find themselves in a snare. You just praise God and don't stoop to their level. Keep your praise and stay faithful. Remember who your father is. This scripture right here, this passage reminds me of Psalm 56 verse 2 where it says, Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. What time I am afraid I will trust in thee. You just trust in the Lord. No matter what the fear is, you trust in the Lord and know that he's going to do it. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. Didn't God say in Psalm 37, 1, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Just trust in the Lord. Don't worry about these people who might come against you. Just give it to God. Pray for them and keep moving. Keep moving. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. So they were rewarded for their obedience, obeying the word of the Lord. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Barak. For they were, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of the same place was called the valley of Barak unto this day. Verse 27. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them, that leadership always out in front to go again to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. See, God made a promise, and they benefited from that promise. As he spoken, the word will never return void. Fear not, you are blessed. That's what he was saying. And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps, trumpets unto the house of the Lord, and the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries. When they had heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel, 
God is the one who we should fear. And I'm going to read that again. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. Praise God. Verse 30. So the ram of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. God gave him rest round about because God protects you, church. You already talked about God about talked to God about your situation. Rest in His word and His promises. He meant what He said when He said it. And in uh, Isaiah twenty six three, He says, "That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on Thee, because he trusteth in Thee." Walk by faith, not by sight. If you walk by what you see, we all be a wreck. But we don't do that. We walk by faith not by sight. Verse 31. And Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 30 and 5 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and 5 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shehi. And he walked in the way of Asa his father, and departed not from it, doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Howbeit, now he didn't tear down the high places, Howbeit the high places were not taken away, for as yet the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God unto the God of their fathers. So I'm gonna stop right there as far as that particular scripture. So what do we learn from this scripture? Number one, Jehoshaphat he changed his mentality. When the messengers came and told him what was going on and they were coming to kill them, he changed his mentality. He humbled himself, recognizing he could not defeat this challenge on his own. And that's what happens sometimes. We, we isolate ourselves and sometimes we don't even talk to God the way we should because we feel like we can just take everything into our own hands and just handle it when that's not what we're called to do. We have a God. We got to talk to him. Number three, he got others on one accord to seek the Lord for a favorable outcome. Number four, they got the victory by obeying the word of the Lord. And that's how he handled his fear. He had to humble himself and talk to the one who was able to change his situation. He didn't go get the gossipers and, and just, and he didn't even call up his friends and say, hey guys, let's get the brass knuckles and the sticks. We got to go fight these people. No, it wasn't about bravado. It was about humbling himself and doing exactly what he should have done to save his people and knowing that he couldn't do it. Even with a powerful army, he couldn't do it. And so <laughs> I want to read another scripture that touched my heart and I, I just I love this scripture because it helps to deal with fear as well and that's in 2nd Kings chapter 6 verse 15 through 17 one of my favorite prophets Elisha and so <clears throat> excuse me 2nd Kings chapter 6 verse 15 it says and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth Behold, and host compassed the city. In other words, they, they circled the city. They surrounded the city. Compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? In other words, what's going to happen? How are we going to deal with this? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Praise God. 
So we have to open our spiritual eyes, praise God. When we're going through stuff, you got to open your eyes. You can't look at it in the natural. You gotta look, can't look at it in the natural. I, I wish we could see the personification of goodness and mercy that follow us. One on one side, one on the other. That's how I like to imagine it. Hallelujah. Goodness and mercy with us every day. We don't have to be so fearful. I pray we could see the angels that bear us up lest we dash our feet against a stone from Psalm 91. Praise God. So we, we have to open our eyes and know who we are. And know that, you know, the Lord will cover us. He'll cover us. He'll cover you with his feathers. And on his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. From Psalm 91 verse 4. So fear has to go. Fear has to go. You know, when you are faced with that fear, you have to take action. You have to do something. You can't let it fester. You'll regret it. And I'm a living witness to that. And, you know, I know some people who are fear-free, like me. You know, my, my sister, who is a mental health counselor, a psychologist, she told me this story about one of her clients who... Every day she catches the bus from one city to the next, right here in Florida, from Bradenton to um, Sarasota. She catches the bus. That doesn't sound unusual, right? Well, hold on. She walks the city by herself. She does everything she needs by herself. And one day my sister walked with her. And this lady is just so content, just a bubbly personality. She doesn't have a care in the world. She does everything by herself, and she found a man that uh, she fell in love with, and they end up getting married, and both of them are completely blind. She does everything by herself. She has no fear. She catches the bus. Whatever she needs to do, she catches her cab. She walks the city block. She does whatever she needs to do. What an example. What an example. And what's our excuse to be fearful? This woman is completely blind. She and her husband, she does everything she needs to do. She's learned. She's learned to trust. She's learned what she needs to do. And she's not worried. She's not scared. And like I told you, I mean, the Lord broke. Amen. The Lord broke fear off me. I had to every day speak the word over myself. And the word of God, I'm telling you, when you read about the word of God being moving and powerful. Trust me, and I'm sure you know, church, it definitely 100% is. Now, it was a little journey for me, but I tell you what, I'm not fearful. And, you know, I'm making a distinction now between fear and uh, godly fear. You know, that's a, that's a difference. You know, that's a big difference. You know, your raw is there for a reason. And so what I would say to you guys as far as fear is you got to understand a couple things. Number one, God loves you. He doesn't want you to be tormented by fear. There's no reason for that. Because he's our place for refuge. You know, some people are fearful before they make a speech. Some people are fearful before they compete in athletics. I'm not talking about that. You know, some people are fearful before they take a test. Okay, maybe you should study more. <laughs> but I digress. I mean, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about fear that just grips you and that'll cripple you to the point where you feel like you, can't, you can hardly even function. Or every day in your mind, this fear is just getting a stronghold and you begin to be afraid to do things. It's hindering your life. No, that's not that's not right. That has to go. That has to go. And just remember, there's no other name or power greater than God. In Ephesians 1, it says, 
which he wrought, this is verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fitteth, that filleth all in all. That's the name we got to call on, the name of Jesus. And so you can't walk in faith and fear. Your faith, you got to believe in the truth. And you'll, you'll start to overcome fear, I'm telling you. You have to move by faith. It will cripple you if you don't. I've said it a couple of times because I've been there. You call on the Lord Jesus. And remember now that perfect love casts out fear. It says in 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Amen. So without a doubt, you got to learn to speak the word. Learn to speak the word. Use the word. It's a sword. Use it. Amen. And you got to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints in Ephesians 6, 18. And you have to cultivate a real and meaningful relationship with Christ. Don't make Christ, you know, reading the Bible and praying like a chore because it's not. We're supposed to be in covenant in relationship with Jesus Christ. He's not a chore. He's not a task to be completed. He has to be your Lord and Savior, period. And the only stronghold that we should run to is in Nahum chapter 1, verse 7, which is God himself. God himself. So if you're facing fear and you're worried about things that's going on right now or even in your personal life, you have some things going on that maybe you don't want to speak and tell anybody. Just remember that nothing surprises God. Nothing that's going on in the world today. Nothing that's going on in your private life. God's not surprised by that. But he is the answer to all of it. He is the answer. So I would just encourage you to take your peace. Take your peace. Don't let don't let fear just subjugate you and run roughshod over you if that's what's happening maybe that's not what's happening but maybe you might feel some fear okay i understand but just remember take your peace it's there it's there and so what i want to do now is i just want to i want to end with a prayer if i could do that i just want to end with a prayer against fear praise god and I'll just say this. Heavenly Father, I praise your holy name. You are worthy of all praise and all honor. I submit myself to you and your authority. I thank you that we can come boldly before your throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hallelujah. We know that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to break us free of fear. You did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. We revoke, cancel, rebuke, and remove every ungodly fear in our lives. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. Jesus, help us to keep our minds stayed on you, and you will keep us in perfect peace. No weapon formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we shall condemn. The enemy is powerless against us, according to Luke 10, 19, as we tread on serpents and scorpions and over all, all the power of the enemy, including ungodly fear. Glory to God. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Now you give the floor back to my sister. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank, thank, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, yes, I am. I am woman of God. Yes, I am. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 